Hello and welcome to the Peace and Love Amplifiers podcast. I'm so happy you're here. In these episodes, we will dive deep into the idea of peace. What is it? Is it even attainable? Everyone wants it. So how can we make it manifest? Along with my own experiences, you will also hear uplifting stories from inspirational people who are building peace in their own lives and the world around them. We are on the threshold of a new society, looking at where science meets spirituality. And these stories are a call to action to help overcome division and build a better society for all concerned. Join me on this thought-provoking journey to explore ways we can all amplify peace and love. Hello and welcome again to this first ever episode of the Peace and Love Amplifiers podcast. I cannot tell you how exciting it is to be here, to be able to come to to you in this space of voice and talk to you directly about what it means to be a peace builder, what it means to be someone who acts from love. And in, in this time of strife, in this time of just so much tension between the coronavirus, between the election, right now, this date is October 14th, 2020. So it's, it's getting really heavy right now. And so I am really happy that stars aligned and my ability to get this this podcast out with the help of Michelle Sorrow and Ginny Media it's uh, serendipitous and I'm really happy to be here so who am I and why why peace and love why all of that so my name is Julie I am from New Jersey I've always lived here my whole life, never moved out of the state. I, it's in my bones, it's in my blood. And, you know, as fast as we are here in this state, I find it exhilarating and at times really tiring. We'll get to some of those stories as we move forward through the episodes. But from a small child, I remember my mom, when I was like around six years old, my mom would hold her hands up. And she would say, just punch my hands. And I would just punch and punch and punch because she could see the anger in me. And and it wasn't just just regular old anger. It was an anger at the world. I was so just overdone with the world. Overdone isn't the right word. It was just like, like a, you know, from a six-year-old, like, why is the world so messed up? You know, this is back in the 70s. And I remember the harp seals being bludgeoned for their fur. And I was so angry. And my mom, she, it, had, it got to the point where she, I was hurting her hands. So she had to, she went and bought me a punching bag for me so I could work out this, this anger, this aggression. And I've always had this feeling in me that we are so much better 
than what we present. What, you know, a teacher of mine says, you know, society is not your friend, but we are society. So if we are not our own friend, then we can change. I'm a big believer in we and that we are so much more powerful than we let ourselves on to be. And we can use that for good or for not. And I think right now that we need to change that for good. So I said I grew up in New Jersey, still live here. Um, I went through school and went through college, got my degree because that's what my dad wanted me to do. My parents were, uh, my mom's a Democrat slash independent. My dad is a Republican. That we had some very, very interesting dinner conversations turning into arguments. So I was very much in tune with the political realm. My mom was in our town council for eight years while I was growing up. So I got to see that aspect of that world at a young age. And and I always believed in the power, like I said, the power of we. So we, growing up, I'm one of four children, so we were all expected to go to college, and they, I'm the youngest of those four, and I'll never let my sisters not know that, but they'll be on later in later episodes. But I was always the peace builder in the family. Just, you know, they, would, they were all so close in age that they would argue and argue and argue, and I would sit there and cry because why can't we all just get along? I mean, I was just wanting some peace, some, some stability in the house and, you know, teenage girls are teenage girls and, you know, they throw dumbbells and phones at each other and true story. So it's, there's, I've always had this, this need to create peace, to create a a place where people can find rest. And also on my growing up years, I was always trying to help my family relax. My sisters were very active. They were, my one sister was a gymnast. A gymnast. She ran track. Uh, I think she even threw the shot put or one of them, the discus, I, f- I forget which. And so she's eight years older than me. So when she was 16, I was eight. And she was ask me, hey, Jill, can you walk on my back? So I would walk up and down her spine. And um, that's when I started to get the bug in me to help people relax. I would massage my mom's shoulders because she was always so stressed. So... Fast forward back to college, I went through and got my business degree and quickly realized that that wasn't for me. Um, I got married really young and got divorced when I was 27, 28 and went back to school uh, for a massage. And that was the beginning of this journey into wellness, into really honing a craft that I still use. Currently, I work as a massage therapist for a hospice. 
So I really love that. Um, I love that demographic. You know, it's so needed in the hospice field with both the patients and the family. And that is my ministry. That is my, my way of giving back. But in those years, in, in these past 20 years, I realized that many people, they would come to me, like early in my career, they would come to me and they would, they would lay on the table and they would say, fix me. And I would look down at them and I'd say, I only have you for an hour. You have you for 24-7 minus an hour. You know, if they were coming to me weekly, you know, I couldn't fix those six other days and 23 hours in that one hour. So I really looked at where I could help them, what else I could learn, because I really, I really believe that we are more than just our physical bodies. We have our emotional selves, we have our mental selves, and we have our spiritual self. So I trained myself in a lot of different modalities, a lot of different schools of thought. And I am a heart math coach and trainer. I am a Jack Canfield coach. I am a Reiki master. I am a medicinal aromatherapist. Uh, there's, uh, I'm sure there's a few more that I'm forgetting, but what I really wanted to do was look at that physical, that mental, that emotional, and that spiritual body and be able to help a client on every one of those aspects. So I could give them tools and techniques on how to create more peace, more relaxation in their lives. Because, you know, I know for me, sometimes I'm, you know, laying down in bed and my mind is going and going and going and going and going, I, you know, from an outside person will look like I'm relaxed and, and, and asleep maybe, but it, I'm not, you know, so there's, there's this, you know, people can, can look relaxed, but they're not, you know, whether they're emotionally stressed, whether they're mentally thinking, ruminating on different things or whether there's some kind of thing going on with them, whether they're feeling lonely or, or sad. So, you know, I wanted to be able to help these, you know, on any, on any level of, you know, someone who, who came to me as a client. And so, and I also, my biggest thing that I'm, so proud of is that I became a peace minister. I went to, it was this two-year seminary, 2004, 2005. And I remember sitting, it was in 2003, it was like September-ish. And one of my teachers who I was at that time following, because the email was like the only thing back then, there was hardly, I don't even think there was hardly websites or whatever, but one of my teachers said, and he was, he's a peace minister himself and a peace troubadour. His name is James Twyman. He's, he does the song at the beginning of this podcast, um, at the intro and the outro, that's his music. But he put out this email that said, we're going to do a peace ministry 
it's two years. It's going to start in January. You have to, the first year, you're going to learn all about inner inner peace. And the second year, you're going to learn about how to bring that peace out into the world. And you're going to have to come on two different retreats. And you're going to have um, coaching calls every week. You're going to have group work. You're going to have to read these certain books. And one of the trips that you're going to have to be going on is to Israel. And I, he said, all you have to do is say yes in the subject line in when you respond to this. And it was an automatic yes for me. I didn't even have to think about it. I didn't even look at the price. I just said, yes, this is what it just, it called to me so loud and so strong. So um, that 2004, 2005 was a whirlwind of uh, reading, of just diving deep into peace building of from so many different angles, so many different religions, so many different ways of getting to this state of peace. And then my my retreat to Israel in 2005, November 2005. So right now it'll be 15 years ago almost is where I got ordained on the beach of the Sea of Galilee. It was just, it was magic. It was absolutely magical. I, you know, I, I honestly didn't do much with my peace building, my my ministry. I did some, you know, did a fair number of weddings and I started a couple different groups, but I had just recently gotten remarried and just, you know, things didn't work out the way that I had it intended, but I always used it for myself, this, this peace building work for myself. And because I had such angst and anger as a child, and even when I was 16 years old, my dad was like, you're going to give yourself a coronary by the time you're 18. Cause I, I was always so high strung. I was always so anxious. And so it, you know, I use these tools, these techniques for myself and you know, and use them to observe the world, you know, after, you know, after my ordination, I had, you know, went back to work and, you know, worked in hospice. So that was really helpful. And, you know, so now with the state of the world as it is, it's been calling to me ever since um, the, the pandemic hit and the quarantines happened. I you know, was furloughed in in March of this year and things really, I just ramped up all of my work, but the, what really got me back into my ministry was when I was diagnosed with cancer in October of 2018. I had a really rough go of things, uh, had, was getting divorced. So I've been divorced twice was getting divorced. I, my father had just passed and I was moving and my daughter, you know, I had a nine-year-old daughter at the time. So all this stress, all this, this, I was like so fraught with needing to get my wellness coaching business going so I could be able to take care of myself and my daughter and like so much 
going on in that first, like this four-year time period from like 2014 to 2018. In that time, I met my now third husband. So we got together um, in 2017. But when I was diagnosed with cancer, it was like kind of coming off all of this turmoil in my life. And so it that really hit bottom for me. Like I knew I needed to get back into my spirituality. I knew, I mean, I was always there. It was always present, but I needed to dive even deeper. So getting back into reading The Course in Miracles and getting back into, I wrote a chapter in a book and was published as an author. And, you know, it, it was just it was like such a, like a, right now looking back at it, a magical time for me because it was, it's a, I knew I had the tools to get me through this. And I knew that I needed additional tools. And that additional tool was the we. I pulled in my church community. I pulled in my family so that they were all there supporting me. They, we used intentionality to help me get through the testing. And it was just, it was a communal effort and it was just, it was magic. And so, you know, that's kind of my story of where I've been and what I've done as far as peace building. It's just very skimming the surface. I'm going to talk more about, you know, different pieces of this and how they might relate to your life. And if you have questions and, and reach out to me. But what I want to do now is, is talk about the mission of this podcast peace and love amplifiers. There's so much peace work going on in this in this country, in the world, but nobody talks about it. Everybody's doing, there's so many people doing really, really good work. And this podcast is to help amplify those voices, amplify that work. So I want to bring in people that from the Peace Alliance, from the UN, from just different groups that are doing work, the Rotary, just, you know, even everyday people, you know, my, my coworkers from hospice that, that really are on the ground doing the work of peace building and those that work from the space and the capacity of love, because we are, we are emotional beings and we are, when we can, when we know that we can intentionally shift our emotional state. So we come from love, we come from peace, we come from joy, we can affect the world around us. So my hope is to bring hope. <laughs> That's what my, the mission of this podcast is, is one of the missions is to bring hope so that the listener, as the chaos is going on around us, they, we can know and we can settle into the, there's hope. There's, you know, when we uplift these voices, when we amplify these voices of peace builders, we can just like take a breath, take a breath. Okay. You know, I'm not the only one feeling this angst. I'm not the only one feeling like there's got to be a better way, you know, so it can help you uh, just kind of sleep a little better at night. You know, one of the goals, another 
one of the mission is to help shift society. And this is one of those things that we can talk about and we're going to just flesh this out as we move forward. But the, I don't know if you know about the imaginal cells of when a caterpillar changes into a butterfly. So just a short, short little explanation. So when a caterpillar is, Bruce Lipton put out a really good six, seven minute video on this on YouTube. Uh, if you want to read that too, or watch that, but the caterpillar is a voracious animal and it just eats and eats and eats and eats. And it gets to a point where it's, it knows that it needs to, to shift. So it forms a chrysalis. It goes into this inside this chrysalis and it begins to break down and it begins to fall apart. And just when it gets to this point of this goopy yuckness, these cells start to light up. They're called imaginal cells. The cells start to light up and there's more and there's more and there's more. And all of a sudden the butterfly starts to form and it grows. These imaginal cells turn into a butterfly. And now the butterfly forms and it's still inside the chrysalis. When, when it's ready to come out, it has to break open the chrysalis. If it doesn't, it has to do it itself. If you try to help it out, it doesn't work. You, it has to kind of create this teeny tiny little hole so it can kind of push its way out. And as it's doing that, as, as it's like pushing through this teeny hole, it's the chrysalis itself is scraping off all of the gunk that was left over. So the butterfly is trying to get out of get out of the small little teeny tiny hole that it makes in the chrysalis. And what that does is it helps to scrape off all of the gunk from its transformation, from its from the life that it was, the caterpillar, and it it clears off the the wings of the butterfly. So if if you help it out of that chrysalis, say you cut the chrysalis open to help it out, the, the butterfly is not able to fly because it still has all that gunk on its wings. So it's a painful process. It's a, it's a process fraught with, with strife and with, with a lot of energy has to go into this. So I think as a society, and there's a lot of other science too, like a lot of different schools of thought of, around this, but there's a lot of evidence that we are moving in that direction. We are, our society may look like it's breaking down, but it's actually breaking through. There's, it's a breakthrough that's happening. So if we keep this, this sense of love, of, of peace and what that is, then the sense of hope, the sense of gratitude that we can be here doing this job right now of amplifying peace, of amplifying love, then we can help shift this society. And 
real quick, I want to talk to you about, well, in the next episode, we're going to talk about the concepts between what peace is, what love is, what what does amplify mean, and all these other different things that you'll hear me talk about. And so I will get into all that. But one thing that I want to say right now is that peace is not a static state. It's not somewhere that you're supposed to get to and then you'll be happy or you're not supposed to get to this this place of nirvana or you know whatever else you want to call it. It's it's a process and it's a coming back to peace. I talked about this in my one course but it's coming back to peace. It's coming back to center. This is this peace is this divineness that we are is our our natural state and we living in this this world right now we have a lot of labels we have a lot of things that we have to kind of work through you know we have kids we have parents we have things that we need to take care of like our bills and our job and you know taking care of the house or the the dog or the cat you know whatever it is we have all these things that are calling our attention and so we we can't go sit in a retreat for 6 months or a year whatever it is we can't go on sabbatical we can't you know go on you know it's these this is going to be a way that peace for the busy person you know how can how can you as an amplifier of peace and love amplify even more peace and love how can you expand this even during your busiest time during your you know going in the morning when you're trying to get everybody to work to school whatever that looks like right now but you know it's it's just this coming back to that coming from that space of peace and love so episode two look for all these concepts to be defined and and talked about and and i hope that this that this podcast will serve you will give you hope will give you a, a reason to keep on working in this arena to to help bring about a society that works for everyone. It's not to cover up anything that, you know, again, we'll talk about this in, in episode two, but it's not to cover up the things that we want to cover up this. We need to clean out all the wounds. We need to, to, it's like cleaning out a, a cut. You need to, to get rid of all the gunk first and then it will heal. That's what we need to do with a society. I believe, in my opinion, we need to make it work for everyone and we need to listen and we need to come together. So I hope you found that interesting. I hope you come back for episode two and all the subsequent ones. Like I said, we're going to have people on this podcast that are doing some really, really cool work in the area of peace building and in the area of of love and I hope it serves you. Take care and I will see you soon. Hey you peace and love amplifier. 
thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you enjoyed what you heard here today, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback for us, you can reach me directly at peaceandloveamplifiers.com. You can find me on Facebook, on Instagram, and YouTube. Thanks again for listening. And remember to ask yourself, what am I feeding the field? Until next time.